It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Welcome on into the 35th, aka the Pete Pios episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Shout out to listener Brian. Seville for that uh, suggestion. I didn't know who Pete P- uh, Pios was. I assume that's how you say it. Pios, Pios, one of those two. Uh, so I decided to look up him on on Wikipedia because I I wanted to know who he was. Uh, Brian says this guy was a legend, and boy was Brian right. This guy, this guy was as a, a three time All American, and he fought in World War II, and then he came to the Eagles and helped bring us two World Championships in the forties. I mean, guy's a legend. Shout out to Brian. There's a great suggestion on the Pete Pios episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. And now, see, see, Brian, he educated me. And by educating me, I am now educating you. Pete Pios, absolute legend, might need to get a Pete Pios jersey. I mean, he's an he's a All-American, a war hero, and a world champion. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. And guess what? Of course, he was a fullback. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't expect anything less from Pete Pios. But welcome to the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by BGN Radio, bgnradio.com and bleedinggreennation.com. I'm your host, Jack Fritz, as always, and this is the second episode of the week. I got ripped a lot in the reviews for, for having a very lazy work ethic with doing Counterpoint. Well, guess what, you frauds? <laughs> this is my second episode this week, because it's draft week, a.k.a. Howie week. So uh, we'll get to Howie week in a second. But first, so the reason why I, I wanted to do, wanted to do two podcasts this week is because I didn't get to do the counterpoint mailbag on the last episode because it went too long. Because Ben Solak just kept talking, which is great because Ben's the best. It's just that that dude that dude is an encyclopedia of draft information. So the podcast went a little bit too long. But I I, I would have felt wrong if I didn't do a mailbag. So. This is the, the second episode of the week. And also, I wanted to show you guys the Jack Fritz name test. because the, the, the Jack Fritz name test has stood up against the test of time. I can pretty much tell if you're going to be a good player or not based off your name. So we're going to go through the first round or the big board or whatever. 
I'm going to give you some names to watch. Guys who will definitely 100% be bad. Uh, but I'll, I will get to that in a little bit. First, we're going to start with Jack's headlines. So, Nick Foles spoke today. <laughs> Nick Foles spoke today. And he said that he didn't know the Giants had the second pick. Which I found hilarious because I know he didn't say this, but in his head, I wanted him to say this. I wanted him to actually say, I didn't know the Giants had the second pick because I was too busy winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> and, uh, and that, I mean, I know he was thinking it. Like, Nick was definitely thinking that. But he, you know, he's a nice guy. He didn't want to show up the Giants. He was just like, listen, I was too busy winning the Super Bowl. Uh, Love that mentality from Nick. He basically just dunked all over the Giants uh, and and said, listen, I was too busy winning the Super Bowl. I didn't pay attention. I didn't know they had the second pick in the draft. Like, what a dog shit organization. That's how I feel about it. So uh, Nick Foles spoke today. Didn't even even know the Giants had the second pick. That's, That's my Super Bowl MVP. My second headline is that Justin Reed is officially on the hot seat. I have fallen hard for Mike Hughes. I really like Mike Hughes. He's aggressive. He's like a first-round talent Jalen Mills. And that's when I look at him, I'm like, this guy's a better first-round Jalen Mills. And he's aggressive. He is fun. He's not afraid to hit. He is quick. I like Mike Hughes a lot. Justin Reed, officially on the hot seat. He's not completely off being hashtag the guy. But Mike Hughes is, is quickly flying up my rankings. Jack's headline number three. And this is a big one. This is one we've been calling for for a while. This is one that I got, I got, I got mentions on Twitter, which of course you can always follow at Jack Fritz WIP. Kean Fahey deleted his account. It's gone. Kean Fahey is gone. He is off Twitter. His Mason Rudolph take, which we didn't, which a lot of people didn't see because he blocked everyone. He had Mason Rudolph as like the best quarterback in this draft. That's gone. Be gone, to Satan. And what a bad year. What a bad year for Kean Fahey. First off, his Wentz, his Wentz is Blake Bortles take. It was just, that was, that was the start of a bad year. Because everyone was just like, come on, man. Like, this is stupid. And then, he goes to ESPN. Looks like he's having a good year. And then he gets fired from ESPN for whatever reason. And now, he's been so disparaged by everyone in the community because he's mean to everyone, that he has deleted his account. It's all over. Kean Fahey is gone, gone forever, and I'm here to piss on his ashes. Goodbye, Kean. Be gone. Twitter's gone. No one cares about you anymore. Suck it. Moving on. So you know how I was having visions of Howie? I was having visions of Howie waking up in the morning, you know, closing and opening his eyes very slowly, as he is ready to start a new day, he was, he was you know, he, he, he's too much of a football guy to take his kids to school anymore because he's a Super Bowl champion and his wife understands. And he, he, go down, he goes downstairs and he pours a pot of coffee and then just starts cackling about what he's going to get in return in a Nick Foles trade. That hasn't worked out because Nick, <laughs> Nick Foles is obviously still here. But it's officially Howie week. Like this is, this is the week that Howie lives for. The guy is going to get some kind of steal in this draft. Howie's strokes are on the line for for Howie this week. First off, Howie's not sleeping well this week. Howie's not sleeping well this week because he is so excited about the GMs that he is about to rip off. He's laying there, and I kind of envision him laying, laying, laying down in bed, 
He, he sleeps on his back this week. He's on his back looking straight at the ceiling, just waiting for that sun to start creeping up over the clouds because he just wants to get out of bed and, and get to work and just just figure out a way to to, to rip off teams this week. Howie is, is sleeping kind of like, he kind of reminds me of, of Quagmire from Family Guy. He's just like in his head, he's like giggity, giggity, giggity. Like that's what he's doing over and over again. He's sleeping on his back. And like, he doesn't even care that he's not sleeping well. He doesn't even need coffee this week. Howie doesn't need coffee. Howie's already jacked up on the GMs he's about to rip off. He is he is just like, oh man, what if I get a, a third round pick for Michael Kendricks? I'll probably make that happen because I'm I'm the best at this. Howie's not sleeping well. Howie is waking up straight to the crack of dawn, maybe 5.30, rolls out of bed. Actually, he doesn't roll out of bed. He jumps out of bed, straight into the home office. He knows he can't get the Novacare, one Novacare way just yet. So he has to go into his home office. He starts scouring over all of these, all of these notes he's taking, all of the depth charts, just seeing where there's these teams are might be vulnerable on, on guys to pick. It's like, you know, the sun's barely coming up. It's about 7 a.m. He's just so jacked up that he doesn't even need coffee. He starts to get into his car. He's still not taking his kids to school because his kids are like, Dad, listen, we get it. It's Howie week. It's all about you. His wife's like, hey, man, you got this. Kids don't even care. Wife doesn't even care. Let's him go be him because they know that this is the week that Howie lives for every single year. Every single year, they know this is Howie week. So they, they he's, he's on his way to one Novacare away, and he, he's, he's kind of swerving all over the road because he's just so excited to get to work. He's flying past people. He doesn't care if there's traffic. Like he's just he's just he's just an aggressive driver. Howie's not usually usually an aggressive driver, but on draft week, on Howie week, he's like, listen, I need to get to work right now. So he gets to work, you know, at least an hour before everyone else. They open up the door for him. He goes into his office. And if you've ever seen Homeland, I mean, this is just this is just I would be shocked if this wasn't going on. But you know how Carrie would have the whole board with like with like pins in it and trying to connect the whole puzzle. That's exactly how I I envision Howie in in one Novacare way. Joe Douglas shows up a, 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 an hour later. He's like, Howie, are you doing okay? And he's like, Joe, come on, buddy. This is, this is, this is, this is my week. So he's got the whole carry thing going on. He is just, listen, I, I, am sure Howie listens to the podcast. He's probably like, man, this is a really accurate representation of, of, of Howie week. Um, listen, he is just, he is just so excited. He is so ready to go. He, he 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 wants to run up to Roger Goodell and hand the card. Like that's that's Howie. Like Howie Howie is Quagmire from Family Guy this week. It's just in his head is just giggity giggity Justin Reed, uh, Mike Hughes giggity. Like that's all that's going on in Howie's mind, and that's how I envision it. And honestly, I think it's a pretty accurate representation of what Howie is like this week. So, listen, Howie's turning into Kerry Matheson from from Homeland. He's got the whole big board up there with connecting the dots of how he's going to get a third round pick from Michael Kendricks, how he's going to get a, a first round pick for for Nick Foles. It's just like, it's over. Welcome to Howie Week. Stay excited. Be excited. Because Howie Week is upon us. It's time to unleash the Jack Fritz name test on you. The Jack Fritz name test is, is foolproof. I mean, listen, if you don't have a good name, you're just not cracking my top 100. If you, I, I take guys straight off my big board if, if they don't have a good name. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, a time, it's a tradition unlike any other, the Jack Fritz name test. I've already said multiple times. I mean, Equinomius, whatever his name is, St. Brown, that guy's not draftable. He's just, he's just not draftable. It's a terrible name. Like, I'll get to him later. I have, it, I have an answer for, for, for why. But listen, just, it's just a terrible name. It's a very bad name. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through. I'm looking at a big board of about 50 guys here. I'm not going to go through the whole draft. I'm just going to show you what I'm talking about 
with the Jack Fritz name test. So, for example, Quentin Nelson. It's a phenomenal name. He crushes the Jack Fritz name test. The Jack Fritz name test is is it goes from undraftable to to it's a three it's a three a three pronged attack here. On the left side of the meter, undraftable. In the middle of the meter, is he's going to be an okay player. On the right side, all the way to the right, all the way down, he's going to be this guy's a stud. Quentin Nelson, he's all the way to the right. He's going to be an absolute stud. All in on Quentin Nelson as a future Hall of Famer, as a guard. Bradley Chubb, just like, give me, I have a Chubb thinking about that name, rushing the quarterback. Bradley Chubb is it, it couldn't be, I couldn't be more in on Bradley Chubb because of his name. Sam Darnold? Listen, he's gonna be an okay player. Darnold? What is that? It's a garbage name. It's, it's a it's a garbage name. It does not it does not move the, the, the name test meter one bit. I don't think he'll be bad. I think he'll be fine. Sam Darnold. It's a bad name. Now normally, Josh Allen. Would be a good name. It just doesn't. It doesn't. I never. I don't see the name Josh Allen lighting up, lighting up my my. You know when they're doing a Sunday night football Sunday night football theme and Josh Allen's name is is flying up. Yeah, it's a bad name. It's not a good quarterback name. Now Josh Rosen is a good quarterback name because then you could put in you could put in Chosen Rosen, which is just like good luck. Good luck ever beating that guy. Josh Rosen because of the name test. He's 100% quarterback one. Now, Denzel Ward is 100% cornerback one because Denzel Ward is a fantastic. Like, that's, if I had to pick one cornerback name, it's Denzel Ward. It's a great name. It's a, like, that guy is going to be a stud. You just know he's going to be a stud. Ohio State, and he's, his name's Denzel Ward. Give me that guy. Derwin James crushes the name test. Absolutely crushes the name test. If I had to close my eyes and you said, Derwin James, what position is that? Hard hitting safety. 100%. Tremaine Edmonds, both both of these linebackers in this draft, I both love. Both have great linebackers' names. Linebackers' names are different. Lance Briggs, Brian Urlacher, Reuben Foster, and I know he's I know he's got his off the field issues. Crushed the name test last year. I was like, that guy's a certified badass on the field. Okay, I'm not condoning anything else because he's obviously a terrible human being. Just name test wise, was all in on that guy. Roquan Smith is such a badass linebacker name, and so is Tremaine Edmonds. Like, those guys are both going to be animals because of the names. Connor Williams, I think it depends where you go. I like the name Connor Williams, but I think it has to be in Denver because then you can get the, the, the snowboard announcers there and be like, Connor Williams. Like, it just sounds like he sounds like, a, he sounds like an Olympic gold medalist snowboarder. And I think that plays well in Denver. I don't think it plays well anywhere else. So just, just think about that, John Elway. Now, here's one that might surprise you. I don't like Josh Jackson. I don't like Josh Jackson because Josh Jackson is a bad cornerback name. Like Josh. Josh is not a cornerback name. Josh Jackson's a fine NBA name because he's actually in the NBA. But cornerback, like when I hear Josh Jackson, the name Josh Jackson, I'm like, that guy's slow. That guy's not going to be anything in the league. So Josh Jackson is on the undraftable list. All these linebackers are really good. Just look at like Harold Landry. Yeah, that's a good name. Rashawn Evans. 
That's a great name. Now, Leighton Vander Esch. I don't know what to do with Leighton Vander Esch because I can't get past the fact that I think he's a Flyers goalie prospect. It's a fine name. It's a middle-of-the-road name. It's not a great name. Billy Price, center. If you close your eyes and I say Billy Price, what position is he? You would say center. Crushes the name test. James Daniels, center. Shitty. Out. Out on James Daniels. Now, Iowa, the two guys I'm out on is Josh Jackson and James Daniels. Two guys that do not crush the name test, and they're both from Iowa. So sorry, John Barchard, but no. There's no way the guy James Daniels is going to be good. That's not a football player's name. That's, that's not a football player, James Daniels. Completely out on James Daniels. Now, here's a problem. Deron Payne. Now, this guy says, it says he's a defensive lineman. That guy needs to be a linebacker. Just be a linebacker. That's a way. It's I'm way more in on Deron Payne if he's a linebacker. Jerry Alexander crushes the name test. All in. On Jerry Alexander. Sony Michelle. This is a guy who's been floating around a lot at 32. There's been a lot of talk about Sony Michelle. And I know you want to hear my take on Sony Michelle. Because of his name, he's going to be really good. Sony Michelle is a fantastic name. It's like an Alvin Kamara type name. I know that's not the comp you're expecting for a name because they're kind of similar ish players. But name test wise, all in on Sony Michelle. All in on Sony Michelle. Cortland Sutton, that's eh, okay then. It's a fine name. Dallas Godert. Now that's a bad name. Now that's that's a bad name. It's a, it's but it's it's fine for tight end. It's just that people are gonna have have trouble saying Godert because it's Goitert, Godert, Dallas Godert. It just sounds weird. It sounds weird. Like Godert to the end zone. Ah, I don't see it. I really don't. Now a guy who's being underrated, I think name wise, is Malik Jefferson because Malik Jefferson is just—it's a pure—it's a purebred linebacker name, purebred linebacker name. If I had, if, again, close your eyes and I say Malik Jefferson, you are saying that guy's a linebacker. Same thing with Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Harrison, I'm all in on as a safety because Ronnie Harrison screams all-time safety. It just does. Just think, think of that name, think of that name. And you're like, wow, that guy is going to be an all-time safety. This, the, the name test is, the name test is, you guys are probably joke, think I'm joking. But you're telling me that if I, if you close your eyes and I say Ronnie Harrison to you, you're thinking that guy's going to be a stud safety. I mean, it's, it's, not, the, it's not that big of a deal. 47 on this list is, is, is Carlton Davis from Auburn. No, that guy's, that guy's not draftable at all. The guy below him, Dante Jackson, he is also a safety from LSU. I would put Dante Jackson ahead of this Carlton Davis guy, strictly because of the name. It's that simple. It's really that simple. It's it's foolproof. The Jack Fritz name test is just it's a tradition unlike any other. All right, it's counterpoint mailbag time. You can always send your emails to counterpointmailbag at gmail.com uh, or tweet me or DM me. Whatever. All three avenues are are completely open. So uh let's start with the mailbag. Let's go to the email. There we go. Uh, Ethan Adams. I rewatched the Mike's Up Super Bowl highlights for maybe the 50th time last night. That's good. That's a good number. Uh, three things I took away from it. One, Eagles are world champs. Yes, they are. Uh, two, the moment Selleck has with Foles right after the Philly special is an underrated moment and one of my favorites. I think out of all the players, I'm happiest for Selleck. He represents the bridge era between Andy and Doug. He was there against Arizona in 08. With the electric Vic team, personally one of my favorite Eagles seasons. It was an, it was an underrated Eagles season. I wish it didn't end as it did because that team was fun and Vic was really really fun that year. And with Foles against the Saints in fourteen, and you can see all the two seconds he gets emotional with Foles before he snaps back into game mode. 
three, locker room culture matters. I think there are two legitimate ways to win the Super Bowl in terms of coaching and organizational mentality, extreme discipline, or extremely tight-knit chemistry. And we got a perfect head-to-head matchup of those two models. Just from watching the Pats bench, their body language was negative, doubting, and you can see why they aren't they weren't dialed in. I think their discipline broke down because they have no emotional chemistry with each other, but the Eagles bench, man, Malcolm and the other guys are walking around having a good time, staying focused and encouraging guys. It was awesome. What are some of your underrated moments from the Super Bowl? So on your third point, I I agree with you because I think it's come out now, it's come out now post Super Bowl, but Danny Amendola and basically spoke for the whole team and was like, yeah, we were really surprised when we saw that, uh, that we saw that, that, that Malcolm Butler wasn't playing. And I think that that took a toll on that whole team. They knew that, 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 that Bill Belichick basically views them as assets. And I think that's starting to, to, to kick in now. And it feels like Belichick or it feels like Brady and Gronk are using their power as players over Belichick at this point. I don't know. It, it, things are falling apart there, and it's because of the Eagles. So shout out to that. And I think the the one moment from the Super Bowl that I think is being underrated by everyone, and, and it's, it's almost like forgotten about because the game was so insane and so many t- you know t- tips and turns and, and stuff like that, is the is the the Malcolm Jenkins hit. I mean that hit was better than the Sheldon Brown hit in the Super Bowl. I mean, Christ, it's awesome. It was awesome, and that's when I, it was at that moment. I was like, "Man, we might get this thing." It just seemed like this is just a, such a different Eagles team. It was awesome. Uh, from Andrew Johnson, as it's a two-year anniversary of the trade for the pick that got us Carson, what were your thoughts at the time of the move? Were you scared because it wasn't clear if Golf or Carson were franchise-changing QBs? Uh, obviously, the two-year anniversary was on April twentieth. Uh, so when they did the trade. Like I got the notification and my heart like stopped. I was so nervous because it was like, wow, <laughs> we're just we're trading up for a guy that was from, you know, division one double A. And like, I think he's good. But man, that's a lot to give up. My heart just like stopped. But it it it, it, it quickly, you know, I, I got over it just because I was like, you know, we're actually going to have a legit franchise quarterback here. Like we have a, a shot to get a legit franchise quarterback. I was so sick and tired of not having a, a, a guy. And at that point, before I, re- I was, I was in the middle of my draft research. I was a really big golf guy because it seemed like he, when he had no pressure on him, he could make all the throws. He was super accurate, and I thought that was great. Uh, I didn't really watch much Carson, and then I started re- watching a lot of Carson, and I thought the mechanics were just okay, which was fine. But then I started reading about the guy, and I was all in. I quickly went all in on Carson just because I was like, this guy's a football uh, savant. Like he lives for this stuff. So. I, I quickly turned into a, to a big Carson guy. And at that point, I was getting mad at people. I was like, listen, what, what, why are you being negative? Just like, go all in on this guy. He's going to be our guy for, for, for a decade plus. There's no point in being like, well, I mean, he might not be good. He's playing from Division One, AA and all that stuff. The guy, if you just watched him, it was like, this guy, this guy gives a shit all the time. So I was, I was, I was quickly in on Carson. But I, I did like golf. And I still think he's a very okay quarterback in a Matt Ryan kind of way. But that's, that's just me. From uh, Vladimir Lara, how are you doing in the wedding process relative to how Carson is doing? When asked about it, he responded with a very genuine, let's not talk about it. And are you guys secretly (laughs) planning a joint wedding? Also, how many college parties have you gone to since you graduated? Uh, The second question, none. Uh, I went back to Bloomsburg once and that was about it. So one, maybe. But I mean, I don't really care anymore. Uh, Are we planning a joint wedding? That's a great question. We are on the same day, and he's paying for it. 
I need him to pay for it, please. Carson, I know you're a generous person. I need you to help your boy out. I need it. But yes, we are planning a joint wedding. It's going to be great. Uh, from Theodore Buriani. Hey, Jack. Not sure if this will get in the time for the podcast to drop. Well, it did. Uh, just had a question about jersey luck. I started last season with a Jordan Hicks jersey, but after the Chiefs game, I switched to a Jordan Matthews jersey my dad got me right before he was traded, and the rest was history. I subscribed to the theory that you shouldn't wash jerseys midseason, but I was wondering your opinion on new seasons. I was thinking of busting it out for the draft, and it smells, but it smells rancid. Uh, especially after the march on Broad Street following the Super Bowl win. Should I give it a watch before next season or let the luck be the luck? P.S. Did Corey Clement die? Why does everyone think we need a quarterback? Oh, we need a running back at 32. Um, okay, so I'm going to be completely honest with you. We're going to go We're gonna go directly into the trust tree. If I saw you wearing a Jordan Matthews jersey at the parade, I would think you were a fraud. It's just like, why, why are you wearing a Jordan Matthews jersey? He's not on the team anymore. Like it was, it was, it wasn't even that that, that that good of a player. I would I would have honestly thought that you were a fraud, but that's just me. Um, you definitely can't watch jerseys mid season. I think if I listen, I haven't had good success with jerseys, so it's tough. I I personally think that you have to find a new thing every year, and then once you find that thing, you can't let it go. So that's where I'm at on, on this. So I think it's fine to wash the jersey. And that's about it. Like you can you can wash the jersey, you can wear it, but like again, it's a Jordan Matthews jersey. Like get someone else, go throwback or something. Uh, and at thirty two, I don't think it's a like it's not a need, but with the success they had running the ball last year, I think it's not. I don't think Clement's a, a three down guy. I think they want to run. I think they want to have a, a really good running back by committee, unless they get Geis or something. Um, from John Barber. Hey, Jack, since you pushed the mailbag, I feel entitled to ask another question. Having listened to your other podcast, shout out to High Hopes. Yes, listen to High Hopes. Uh, it's a, If you're a Phillies fan, uh, it's the best Phillies podcast out there. And that's all I got to say about that. How would you comp some of these Eagles to Phillies? Who is your Hoskins? Who is your Nola? Uh, your Kingery. So I think my Hoskins is pretty clearly uh, it's pretty clearly Carson Wentz. I mean, obviously, Hoskins is Carson Wentz. Uh, Nola. <laughs> what is Nola? Nola is he's Zach Ertz, uh, awesome player, kind of a specialty player. I mean, Nola's obviously plays once every five days. I would say that, yeah, I think I think Ertz is Nola. Both are just supremely talented and just rounded are rounding into form now. Kingery's kind of like Derek Barnett. You know, the rookie showed some major flashes, but hasn't completely put it together yet. Mike Alfranco is Nelson Aguilar, obviously. I mean, they're the same player. Both were written off, and both are going to be good. Uh, any any other good Eagles, Phils comps? Uh, huh. Oh, uh, Jake Arietta is Jason Peters. Both two older guys. Both have been written off before, and both are putting in fantastic seasons. Hopefully, obviously, Jake doesn't get done for the year. But I mean, you know, you get the comp. Both are great. And both are getting a little bit older, but both are still great. Uh, from David Smith, I have two very important questions for you this time around. Who would you rather have announced the Eagles' second round selection in this upcoming draft, David Akers or Donovan McNabb? Fuck, man. Akers. <laughs> Akers. I don't want Donovan anywhere near this team. He wouldn't get it. He would, be, he would go up there in his stupid smile and say like, Oh, you're not going to boo me this time, are you? You're something about the booing. 
No, I don't want that anywhere near my draft. Give me Akers. Uh, over under 250,000. That's a lot. Uh, number of times Jason Garrett will clap his hands together on the sideline as the head coach of the Cowboys from now until he's fired. Well, he's never getting fired, so I will slam that over. And I really do want someone to to count how many times he claps per 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 game. Like, just sit there and, and count how many times that guy claps a game. I, I really, really, really want to know because, like, it is... It's it's pretty unbelievable how much that guy claps. Um, let's go to the Twitter.com from at Green Legion, which is Mike from South Philly. Lots of talk of Big Balls Doug, biggest in the city, and deservedly so. But in the offseason, there's also Big Balls Howie, who is ball dominant. Is Howie ball dominant until September? Well, this is Howie week. It's Howie week. We're officially in the middle of Howie week. We're in the start of Howie week, but it's, it's getting towards the end of Howie week. This is Howie Week. I think the offseason, you know, Doug, Doug's, Doug's balls tour has has been on on display this offseason because uh, they won the Super Bowl and he's going everywhere and he's 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 showing everyone that he won the Super Bowl. He's taking the trophy everywhere. He's wearing the polo to the combine. But like, if you read that Peter King article and it was like, it was like, dude, you run the combine, Howie. Uh, you guys have guys everywhere. I mean, the off season is it's it's a Howie show. So I think I think Howie Howie dominates the off season. Doug's done a nice job working his way into it, but the off season is it it's Howie's time. I mean, this is this is where it is. this is his time to shine. This is where he he shows he flexes his balls. <laughs> uh, from at not my real emails, Brandon Graham had a had a rough start as a rookie and signed a very reasonable second contract. Uh, how do we force Nelson into a similar contract? You think Howie planted that hot chick he's dating to leverage him into a better contract? Hashtag next level. I mean, it's Howie. Listen, Howie is, is, is thinking two steps ahead. Of course he planted that girl. I mean, listen, it's Howie. Like, what do, what do you expect from the guy? He planted that, and he's like, listen, did that for you. Now you got to do this for me. That's, that's why Howie's the best. Uh, from Neil Dutton, is there any players that you would hate to see the Eagles draft? Uh, yes. One is Orlando Brown. Just cause like, he seems a guy that, like a guy that hates football. Like he seems like, uh, he, he just seems like a guy that hates football. Doesn't really love it. Uh, he showed up completely out of shape. The combine just don't see it. Just don't see it. I don't want that guy anywhere near this team. He seems like a cancer. I want hardworking guys that love football on this team. And of course, as always, Equinomia St. Brown, because listen, if Dick Stockton is announcing a game and he sees Equinomia St. Brown, Listen, that guy's having a, having a heart attack. So I'm keeping Dick Stockton alive by not having the Eagles draft Equinomia St. Brown. Uh, from Eric Hernandez, to make someone suffer, whose Philadelphia sports take do you force them to listen to for the rest of the person's life? Skip Bayless or Colin Coward? So this, I would usually... Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is an impossible question. Because Skip has now turned into a pro Philly guy, which is like annoying. Like Besides the Eagles, he's been all in on the Sixers and, and whatever. Uh, and some Eagles stuff. And Coward, Coward's smart because he knows when he trashes Philly that all of Philadelphia will react and and get them to listen to him and see what he says next. Like he's he's smart in that way. Uh I would go I would go cow I coward. I think I would go coward. He can't be this stupid. <laughs> like he just can't be. He can't be this dumb. Skip Bales, I, I genuinely think is a dumb person. I think he's a dumb person. So uh I would I would um I would say coward. From Lonis, uh, who is the press tailor of this draft class? Player who has the wrong name for the position he plays slash coaches. 
Uh, well, I'm going right back to the well. Equinomia St. Brown should join Neil deGrasse Tyson in the Nerf facility. That's just what I got to say about that. Le- Leighton Van Der Esch should be a, a Flyers goalie prospect. Now in serious, in, in, in serious counterpoint mailbag question form, I'm going to say Isaiah Wynn. Now Isaiah Wynn is a big offensive tackle from Georgia. That guy should be a, a running a 4-4 and be a receiver. Isaiah Wynn is not a, a load offensive lineman. He is a, he is 100% a, a, a receiver. So uh, that would be my answer for that from Evan Thorpe. Who is more important to the, to their Philadelphia team Wentz and the Eagles or Embiid and the Sixers? Well, the Eagles did win the Super Bowl without Carson Wentz and the Sixers have been now they won some games with Ben Simmons. I mean, they won 16 straight to end the season, 17 straight with the playoffs and it was mostly Ben playing those games. He won a playoff without him, a playoff game without Embiid. But with Embiid on the floor, they have a chance to win a championship. And without Embiid on the floor, they don't. So I would, I would, I would say Embiid. That that I would say Embiid. Uh, from Andre Andre's GZZ. Uh, Hi Jack, what Eagles player do you want to have on the cover of the next Madden game? What's your approach to take care of the Madden curse? Well, first off, I don't want any Eagle on the Madden curse ever. It just no. I, I I don't want I don't want any thought of the Madden curse in my head. I don't want it one bit. So my answer would be no, no one. I don't want any eagle to ever grace the cover of Madden ever again. If they ask Carson Wentz, I want him to say no. So listen, the, the Madden. I don't I don't do I don't do the Madden curse. I don't I don't want any of my any of my players near that. We saw what happened with Donovan. We see what happens every single year. Tom Brady was on it. They lost in the Super Bowl. So listen, it's it's a bad omen. I don't want it anywhere near this team. From uh, Michael Apgar, hey Jack, thanks for the shout on the last show. I'm facing another tough situation this week. I am a director at my agency, and we are currently in the middle of ordering new clothing for the staff to wear around the facility. When looking at the options, I noticed that there was a half-zip vest available. How do I convince my staff that the power of the vest far outweighs the feel of naked arms if they're not fans of Dougie Hanglow? Secondly, first off, Dougie Hanglow is a, is a great name for Doug Peterson. Uh, secondly, if I convince them, do I just order myself one and keep all the swagger? Thanks. Well, it depends. Like Michael, it depends because like, listen, you could order it for yourself and then boom, you're running that joint in about a year. Uh, so I think, I think for, for selfish terms, you should buy a, a vest and then you're running that whole thing for a year. Listen, vest the, the power of the vest is very clear. The power of the vest is very clear. Look what the, the Eagles are vest guys and they won the Super Bowl. They look great in vests. The vest is a classy look. I used to be anti-vest. Now, now I'm in on vests. So you could be selfish and keep one for yourself, and it becomes the Michael show in about a year. Or or you could get it for the whole company, and boom, the whole company turns into like this absolute forced, force to be reckoned with. So it's tough to say. It's tough to say. Do you want to be selfish, or do you want to be a team guy? Personally, in this kind of life, I would be a selfish guy. And I'll get a vest for myself and, and, and wonder why I'm running the whole company in about a year. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Shout out to all you guys for listening as always. Two podcasts this week. Like, I might need two weeks off after this. Just kidding. Uh, but thanks for listening as always. Enjoy the draft on Thursday. Watch the names. Look at the name test. And we'll, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. What, your second record, and it's a song you wrote. Uh, yes, I write most.